Welcome back, everybody, to the Off Top Podcast, uh, otherwise known as the God Damn Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I've been low. I've been dying to talk to this about you. I've been dying to lie. talk to you too. I, I normally, I normally be like, man, we gotta get this. We, it's normally like a task. But I'm not going to front to you. I, I feel like this might be our best podcast to date. Lo, I'm going to start it off on a weird note, my guy. Hey, so I was invited to L.A., my guy, Hollywood Hills, to play 2K19. All kinds of murder beats was there. Party Next Door 21 Savage was there. My guy Ronnie 2K was there. All the 2K YouTubers was there. My guy, tell me how I wake up in the morning, can't find my passport. I missed my flight and I'm stuck in Toronto. Tell me about that. I was super sad, bro. So before we even start talking about Kawhi, I don't I don't give a single fuck who did it. But we got to talk about how on planet Earth DeRozan's a 89, but Carl Anthony Towns is a fucking 91. Doesn't make any sense. Besides the point, Lo. Introduce yourself. Yo, what up, podcast people? It's the one and only legend of winning, a.k.a. Lo. Yo, let's get into this, man. Let me, let me, let me uh, you know what I'm saying? Let me get into my bag real quick, yo. Eight. I'll let you go first, Lo, because I have a lot to say. No, no, no. I really, really. All right, let me yeah, let me make it quick then, so you can go and get off get off your chest. So, okay, all right. I'm Sounds pretty good. sure a lot of you all have seen my video. I just uh, dropped it not too long ago, but just uh, a brief summary of my thoughts on it. So, personally, I feel like um, the San Antonio Spurs, as much as people want to say like, "Oh man, they got Demar Derozan," it's like it's a downgrade. Anytime you go from a player like Kawhi to DeMar Rosen, you end up losing that. You end up losing that transaction. And I know they were forced in that situation, but the reason why they were forced, or at least it, the reason why it seems like they were forced is because of their own doing. So they end up losing off rip. People are assuming that you're just adding DeMar Rosen to the same San Antonio Spurs team. You're not. They end up losing DeMar um, They end up losing Danny Green, uh, Kyle Anderson, and Tony Parker. And so, I don't understand how you think it's going to be the same when defensively it's worse. The depth is not as much as it was last year. And LaMarcus Aldridge, Pau Gasol, and Manny Ginobili are a year older. So, Okay. Yo, before we get to the Raptors stuff, you think the Spurs are making the playoffs next year? That and, to, and I'm going to keep it a buck with you. People don't want to admit it, but it's a very legitimate conversation. Are they even making the playoffs? Hopefully, DeJounte Murray, his growth and his development continues. And I, I hope he ends up being a player that they need him to be. Um, I hope everything works out with DeMar DeRozan, but because of his lack of spacing and because of his ability to be an elite level defender or even a above average defender consistently, I, I just, I don't, I don't think that it's going to work out for them as much as many people believe it's going to. They have older players. There's not that much spacing. Shout out to Bellinelli because they did add him to the roster, but I could easily see that team winning roughly around the same amount of games they did this year, around 47 wins, and still not make the playoffs because I'm assuming that that's how good the Western Conference is going to be this year. Keep in mind, all of the teams in the Western Conference, or nearly all of the teams in the Western Conference, accomplish what they accomplished in, in the playoffs and in the regular season with significant injuries. Everyone, every team from the Timberwolves, the Denver Nuggets, who didn't even make the playoffs, even the Houston Rockets, because they missed um, Chris Paul in the beginning part of the season. So if we're going to be optimistic about just the San Antonio Spurs, you have to keep that same level of optimism with the, I don't know if that's a word, um, with, with, the, with the rest of the Western Conference and assume that they're going to do better as well. But then we get to Toronto. Oh, man. 
Also, yeah. Before we talk about DeMar, Toronto, okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. Demar, also, Demar Derozan. I don't think he's going to be an All Star or even an All NBA player in the West. I think a lot See, of what you, I, I might disagree with you on that, low. Go ahead. Bro, go. I was, I was just kicking it, bro. I was, I was watching my Suits Marathon, man, and I, I had a thought to, that came up on me, low, and and everybody's talking about Kawhi because he's the hot guy, but I, I genuinely feel. Like, and I know DeRozan's 28 and everybody in their mind thinks that he's capped out. He's reached max potential. But I think with Greg Pop, I think he's going to take another step next year. And it's not going to be no Kawhi step. And I don't know what he's going to be able to do defensively. But if we could even start to see like a 36, 37% from three. And then start seeing some more efficiency and consistency. That's both in the regular season. If they happen to make the postseason, it'll be a low seed. They'll probably get destroyed by whatever the top three seeds are. Lakers, uh, Warriors, Rockets. Or I was going to say Thunder, and then I forgot. Those guys aren't too well in the playoffs neither. <laughs> so I, I actually I think that DeRozan might take another step. And a lot of people are just looking this. It, it, that's just me. And but I know but, a how, lot of people but go, how big of a step, though? Because he he could take another step, that's fine. But how big of a step do you really think he's going to take? How how about if he starts to like? How about if we start to see some consistency closing games from DeRozan, and we see it in the regular season? But yo, Greg Pop is a new breed, low. Like this is not a regular coach. I, I right? agree. This I agree one with you. The- I hundred because if any other coach had a team with that 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 less um that 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 type of team with little to no spacing and players that feed a team that featuring Pau Gasol and Manu Ginobili who are like both 68 69 years old then yeah I I agree with you like it wouldn't work out but I I I still feel like there's a a limit I just I feel like there's a limit even to DeMar everybody has a limit I just don't think he's near his yet no I think Um, he's near his I just I I don't think that he's going to make a significant enough jump in one off season to the point where it's going to it's going to is going to relieve them of the responsibility of everybody else and put it all on DeMar DeRozan because, again, they, they lost Danny Green. And so if you're losing Danny Green, who's a great 3 and D player, you lost defense and spacing. DeMar DeRozan doesn't bring that now. And even if he adds it to his game, I don't think it's going to be enough to make up for what they lost. And- yeah, I don't think they're trying to build a team. I think they were desperate and they wanted to get as much value for Kawhi as they could, knowing that if they waited longer till deadline, his value would have plummeted, and they would we would not be having the same conversation. Okay, I love it. So, okay, we, I'm, I'm done talking about that. Let me just run into this because you, you, I need okay, we need we need, thing, we need we need to hear what you got to say. That's really what we're here for, right? Oh, of course, that's what we course, that's what we're here for. Toronto, I personally feel like, and I need you to keep the same energy because that's what I really I need you to keep the same energy that you kept literally like a month ago. Because if I'm not mistaken, and this is what I heard out of your mouth, that if you're not trying to go for a championship, then you need to be tanking. And if that is the idea that you believe that they should go in, then this makes sense. Because the idea that people believe, or this 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 belief that people have in DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry, they should have ran it back one more season since LeBron is now out of the East. 
If you're only going to give that core one more year, you might as well just maximize their potential and bring in a better player anyway and bring in a better lineup, quite frankly, as well. Because when you add Danny Green to the perimeter, match him up with Kawhi, and then you have Kyle Lowry. And, and CJ Miles, who's, who was a killer. And, but then, exactly. But that, that as well. So then when you have those three players on your, on your, um, perimeter, Serge Ibaka and Valanchunas inside, then the bench depth is even more than what it was last year. You you have OG Ananobi, you have CJ Miles, you have Fred Van Vliet, you have Siakam, you have Norman Powell, you have all of those players off of your bench along with the pieces that you have in your starting lineup. This is by far the, the greatest team in franchise history. And so again, if you were only going to give DeMar DeRozan, and Kyle Lowry and that core one more year to really get something together, you might as well just maximize the potential, bring in a player such as Kawhi Leonard, who even if he's at 85%, I still believe he can play better than DeMar DeRozan. And if you're able to, if you're able to get that out of him, you put yourself in a really good chance to be in the NBA finals. And if he ends up leaving and walking, then you have Danny Green coming off the cap as well. You can ship off the players you need to ship off and you just hit the restart button. But I also believe that if things aren't looking the way that they need to be looking around trade deadline, and Kawhi Leonard, he's still putting up solid numbers, but the team isn't where they need to be, you can still turn around and trade Kawhi to the Lakers. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a Laker fan, but you can trade them to the Lakers, get whatever you can get out of the Lakers because you're not going to be as stingy and demanding as the San Antonio Spurs. Because if the Lakers just say, we'll give you Brandon Ingram, Luol Dang, and a pick, then you're going to take that. Because it, to be honest with, if we're, if we're going to be completely honest with ourselves, Brandon Ingram's ceiling isn't that far off of where DeMar DeRozan is right now as a player. I don't believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, I don't bro. believe Come so. On, I don't bro. believe You're so. pushing it, man. I don't believe right. so. So, look, he's not on your team anymore. You don't have to defend him. Come on, agent. But <laughs> I sat there and I watched him for years. I know. I, I, I know. I, look, look, before, look, before you get in your bag, I'm almost done. So, but, but really what I'm saying is that if everything doesn't work out and you want to just trade him and get whatever you can from the Lakers to revamp your, or not really revamp, to push start the, the, um, the rebuild of your team, which seems to be inevitable anyway, then you can do that as well. So, like I said in my video, San Antonio Spurs, I feel like I, I would rate their trade about a, a light three to a strong four. And then to the, out of uh, what? 10? Yeah, out of 10, yeah. I don't, I don't. How is that not best case scenario for the Spurs, though? The best case scenario for the Spurs is seventh seed getting knocked out in the first round. No, but I'm just saying in terms of getting value back, because you can the use be, a piece the like be, DeRozan. The best case scenario for the Spurs was to trade them to LA and get, um, and get two a, young pieces. Cause they need to just sure we'll get to it later, but I don't think those reports were true. If the Raptors trade went down, then all of those reports we were hearing about the supposed trade talks with the Lakers and the Spurs, and you remember those trades we were hearing, like three first round picks, two swaps, all that shit was a lie. If this trade went down, but you, but so you, but you could have just gotten. Uh, but we don't necessarily know how stubborn they were to not trade Kawhi to a Western Conference team. And quite frankly, I, I've it, never it, known it, the Spurs to be a stubborn organization. I, well, as a side note, and this is just going back, and I don't necessarily know how much this impacted. I mean, people are reporting this as well, but I don't know how much this would tie to where we are now. But but Popovich was openly upset when the Memphis Grizzlies traded Pau Gasol to the Lakers. 
basically putting the Lakers in a situation where they were thus better than the San Antonio Spurs for, for immediately, not even like in the next two or three years, immediately because they beat the um, Spurs that same year. And yeah, so, Cole, yeah. so again, just losing Kawhi for DeMar DeRozan obviously is, is a downgrade. I don't know in the big picture what this does for them outside of them staying relevant for the next two to three years. And so I, that's the reason why... It, you end up becoming stagnant and you're the same. You're in, you're in a very similar situation, if not worse, because you can't even really be that optimistic about what can happen in the near future. And please correct me if I'm wrong. When you get your chance to talk, you told me that being in that situation is the worst place to be in the NBA. The San Antonio Spurs are now in that spot where they're just making the playoffs and they're nowhere near competing for a championship. Or even competing for a finals appearance. So that that's that's the Spurs. Then we go to the to the Raptors. I'm gonna give them and we don't really know what's gonna happen to the Raptors until either the season concludes or the trading deadline pops up and they decide to make a move. But as of right now, I have them as I think I gave them a, a light a light five to a strong six. But transition to agent. Okay, so um the Spurs tanking thing. I I might agree with you, and I think the Spurs' best bet is that you trade DeRozan, try and get a, a couple first-round picks that aren't protected for him. The only problem is, and the reason why I didn't think DeRozan was going to be in the deal and I thought Lowry would, was because I don't know what team DeRozan fits on. As, as the media and as fans, we don't really respect DeRozan for all that he does. Because Nigga, when we're he's talking not on your to, team no more, you ain't gotta defend I'm him. Not, just I do you think I was defending him all this time just because he was with the Raptors? Love? Yes, that's that's not why. <laughs> why can't we say yes? <laughs> uh, okay, so last two podcasts ago we were talking about a trade. I brought up these rumors to you, and I said if this trade was to go down, I thought it would involve OG Ananobi. I thought it would involve a first round pick that wasn't protected. And either DeRozan or Lowry. And that didn't even include, we were like, maybe maybe DeLon Wright too or Norman Powell. Because Norman Powell is now like third string. Like he just, I don't even know if he's going to get minutes. We'll see with Nick Nurse's coach now, right? Which, which is a side note. I know I didn't say this, but the fact that also that they didn't even get OG Ananobi or Norman Powell or Seattle. Like they didn't even get any of the better younger players. Like Porto's fine. But out of the four or five young pieces that the Toronto Raptors have... They may have gotten the worst one out of out of those young pieces. So yeah, they they definitely I, got. Uh, I think maybe he's a rise, but he's had he's only been in the league for one year, minimal minutes. He has he's played. not on your team no more. You don't have to defend him. I know. Him. I like Pirtle though. Come on, I agent. Prefer you they don't gave have away, to defend like... them no more, agent. Come on, man. <laughs> okay, you're right. I do think if you're a franchise, you either need to be going for a championship. Or you need to be bombing so that you can get a young player that'll help you go for a championship. If your eyes are not always set on the championship, you're a failing organization. That's how. That's what I believe. And and there's a lot of failing organizations. Sometimes it's not their fault. They have this odds stacked up against them when a million top talent players all head to Golden State at the same time. Okay. So, though, this is what I'm hearing on the internet. Um, I'm hearing that the Raptors lost a trade. And you've heard this countless. I, I didn't watch your video yet. But I could tell the whole comment section is Raptors lost a trade because, of course, they gave away their their prominent star franchise player for low. What do they say? A you know, one, just a, finish a, off my a one year rental. Exactly. OK, so that if you look at the trade in a vacuum is true. 
And in a vacuum, I mean specifically only exists in a vacuum and there's no moving pieces, right? The NBA is complex. So let's, let's actually dive deep, right? Let's be a little bit objective about the situation. Now, the Raptors traded away Rudy Gay. And at the time they traded him, I believe it was 2013 or something, we thought they were going to bomb. We had no idea that the core of Lowry and DeRozan would do so well. And so when the team did well, Masai is looking around like, yo, I know these aren't my guys because it was Colangelo who drafted them, but I'm going to build around them. And I know Dwayne Casey's not my coach, but I'm going to build around him. And so each year, 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, he, time and time again, he's added pieces, whether it was bringing uh, Corey Joseph to the team or last year's edition of CJ Miles was so huge. Hallelujah. A player who could just shoot consistently, right? It, it, was, it, was, like, it was like a godsend. I, I didn't even know it was possible because the Raptors were so inconsistent for so long. So let's play out this scenario because I keep hearing it and I can tell it's just people... You might be just trying to be funny, or you're just doing like some surf, surface level analysis of the situation. Let's say they keep DeRozan. They also have Lowry until the end of the 2020s, 2020, 2021 season, so two to three years. And then that core blows up. This is a core that they've had for five years already and has proved that Masai hasn't been able to bring another player to the team, another superstar to the team. To help elevate the Raptors to championship status. So the only other way to do it is to draft one. But because they've been playing better and better each season. And they've also been trading away a lot of their draft picks. They haven't had that opportunity. So now the Raptors are in a situation, right? We're we're in 2018 right now. Masai is talking to the Spurs. And he's saying, yo, we need to negotiate on this deal. If the Raptors keep DeMar DeRozan. They will waste the next two years with the team that will not beat the Celtics. Or the 76ers. I'll put a question mark there because I think they could beat the 76ers in the playoffs. Even if they beat both those teams for whatever reason. They are getting swept by whoever makes it in the West. So I guess it is a step in the right direction. Because it would be the first time in franchise history the Raptors made the finals. But if you're not going for a championship, then you need a bust. Or you need to do something to help elevate you to win a championship. And Lo, could you remind me the last time you seen a big superstar free agent sign with the Raptors? I'll wait. If if you if you consider Serge Ibaka a big time free agent, then I guess him. <laughs> but no, it's never happened. Does Haydu Turkoglu count? Was he? Well, have a, how about um? What was Pages Stojakovic? Were those trades or signing? Ladies and gentlemen, the Raptors have an abysmal history of attracting talent. Uh, and so this is this is where I transition to the next part. We have Kawhi now, right? The Raptors took a swing. It's either they waste their next two, three years with the core that isn't proven to work. Dwayne Casey went to Masai Ujiri two years ago and said, do not make any trades this deadline. I think this core can work. It failed. The next year, it failed. And we're here now. Lo, there was a quote by Einstein that went something like, uh, insanity is doing something over and over again and expecting different results. I I might have misquoted there, but it's the same sentiment. So they're doing something different. And and the motivation for getting Kawhi, and I think it's really true when you think about it, Lo, and I'll swing it to you before I get it back. It is incredibly difficult to land a top five or even a top ten player in the NBA. You either have to be a hot city, right, like the Lakers or the Celtics, 
or you have to have championship caliber. That's what LeBron James gave the Cleveland Cavaliers for like a series of four years. Or you're drafted by that team and they keep you as a restricted free agent, sign you to a max deal, and you're with that city for eight years. You rolling with me, Lo? Yeah, I'm, I, I got you. And I'm, the, re- the reason why I'm not, I'm not saying nothing is because for people out there who probably have watched my video, you're literally saying the exact same thing. Like I, in the video, I was like, so let's go down this hypothetical path of them keeping DeMar DeRozan. And I, I said, basically what you say, they're going to have another really good regular season, somewhere between 55 to 60 wins. They're probably going to struggle to get out of the first round or depending on who they match up with, may be able to get to the conference finals as well. But I mean, obviously depends on, you know, again, who they match up with, but they're not going to be able to beat the, the Celtics or the, um, I said the Celtics or the, or the Sixers. But I, I mean, you're saying exactly what I said in my video as well. So okay. I know you want to interrupt you. Keep, keep going. Cause you're, ba- you're saying what I, uh, what I also said. All right. So now we're in this position where we've officially declared, we all understand that doing this DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry thing, it was fun. And man, I'm going to miss those moments and in those interviews. And DeRozan, could we stop for a second to recognize when Vince wanted out, when we asked Bosch to do a sign and trade and he said no. When, when we looked at every fucking relevant player who's ever came to this city and they said they wanted out, we just had to deal with it. And then we had to draft better. And we had to trade better. And we had to be a better organization. MLSC literally changed everything in 2008. They, they finally decided that they weren't going to be all about the profits. They actually wanted to build a championship team and they were willing to spend the money and go into luxury tax to do that. DeRozan was the first ever player to just say, yo, I know the Lakers are calling me and I'm getting these other big time offers from other teams. But he stuck with Toronto and, and that's never been done before and it hasn't. So for that, like if, if there isn't some sort of statue or monument about DeRozan, we're going to have to talk. The city of Toronto needs to do something. So let's talk about Kawhi Lowe. Uh, we, we understand DeRozan and Lowry doesn't work. Now we're talking about Kawhi. He's here for the year. Chances are, if you're being realistic, it's incredibly likely that he's not going to stay, right? Yeah. What are those reasons, Lo? Now, because the Raptors own his rights now, they can offer him the most if he wanted to stick with the team. So if he was focused primarily on money, he would choose the Raptors. But it seems that his decision to choose the Lakers is, is, is based on the fact that he's prioritizing championships. So a lot of people are presuming that the only way the Raptors can keep him is if they prove that they can give him a legitimate shot at that. Which, with Golden State in the league, let's be honest, no real team can unless he joins LeBron with the Lakers. So there's that. Uh, there was this tweet a reporter from the Raptors put out low. And I think it's... I Because a lot of people have perceptions about Toronto. And then you come to Toronto and you... Because really, keep in mind, low, a lot of these athletes, they're not coming to Toronto during the summer, Right? They're coming to Toronto when it's mad cold outside, when nobody wants anything to do with anything outside. Everybody's bundled indoors, just kicking it. Josh uh, Lewenberg, a reporter, put out this tweet. After being traded to the Raptors, Patrick Patterson told his agent to get him out. He he later fell in love with the city, and uh, he eventually ended up getting traded because he was incredibly inconsistent. That's besides the point. Lowry was so sure it'd be a pit stop, he barely spoke to his teammates initially, he resigned twice. So is two examples of players who came to the city. And there was actually even, and I couldn't find it, and I tried really hard to find it low, 
a video of Lowry being asked about Toronto. And he made it clear that this he, he as soon as he can get an opportunity, he wanted to go to another city. Bro, Toronto is like New York, but a lot cleaner. It doesn't have trash on the road everywhere. This is... It's such a beautiful city. I know. I hate the taxes, too, right? The, the weather is horrible as well, but I'm just saying. So I don't think Ka- Kawhi is going to stick around, though. I think that this might be a hit and miss. Because keep in mind, I think Masai did more damage than people think to the organization. You, the, you saw the tweets DeRozan put on Instagram? I, every single time I keep going there, it seems like he just deletes everything. So I may be missing it. Okay, but he put out all kinds of cryptic tweets about how he trusted oh, the organization. On his, yeah, on, his, on his story. Yeah, on, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Okay. So what's your take on that, dude? Um, You know, I I, I get it. The only thing that I'm I'm completely against is them lying to him. Like, the, the, the story came out that they told him literally like a, a week prior that they weren't going to trade him. And then out of nowhere, they traded him. <laughs> so, like... That right there is the the biggest issue I have on the the part of the uh, Toronto Raptors, especially when it is a player such as DeMar DeRozan, who's went to bat for you so many times and who stayed there. I think even if you deemed it necessary to trade him, I just felt I feel like honesty is something that should have been there and there should have just been a level of respect coming from uh, organization who has heavily relied on a player such as DeMar DeRozan to be loyal to them. I'm not necessarily saying that they should have kept him, but just being honest, that that's the, that's the point that just always rubs me the wrong way. So uh-huh. I understand that part. Um, but the idea of being traded, I mean, is as much as, is as, as much as this may sound harsh and it sounds cold blooded, but you know, DeMar DeRozan, he, he didn't perform to the to the expectations that they needed him to, and so trading him should have never not been on the um, on the on the board. Like he should. I agree. Like trading trading Demar Derozan should should have always been an option. And like you said before, I think the reason why many people may have overlooked that option is because of his value to the league and, and to other teams, especially on the financial tip. But I, I feel like as an organization. Or even just man to man, if someone comes to you and says, you know, um, what 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 exactly are we going to do with me in the situation? I know the team, y'all may be moving in a different direction. Am I part of the new direction that you see yourself heading into? Especially when there's rumors, because the rumors about trading him or not even him, just trading Kawhi to the organization. Those those rumors have been going on for the last like two, three weeks, almost a month now. And so there's no way I, I can't believe within the last week that they came to the conclusion to just trade DeMar DeRozan. Like DeMar DeRozan's name just all of a sudden popped up in, in the in the trade conversation between the Spurs and the Raptors within the last. Like, I think that's the thing. I think it was sudden, though, because I, I, I tell my, people my something sometimes. And- my understanding, the, the, the only part that was sudden was the, the other names that was attached to DeMar DeRozan. Like I, I, from my understanding, I thought the Spurs wanted more younger pieces, and then they just came to the reality that we're not going to get what we want, but we'll still take Demar. Because I have, I have a hard time believing that out of the blue, that in the last three to four days, or the three to four days leading up into the actual trade happening, that that Demar Derozan's name was never being brought up in conversations. And so, as an organization, 
again, I'm not saying that you have to sit here and just be honest with him, but just like, yo, like, I'm being brutally honest, but just tell him, like, yo, man, we, we may be heading in a new direction. I can't promise you nothing because we definitely are weighing all of but our But you can't options. do that, Lo. Think about you it. You can. He's, he's, just, under, just think he's about under contract. He can't go nowhere. I get that. But it's, it's about morale, man. It's not about... You could force him to play. If if Kawhi doesn't want to play, they will force him to play. He can't not play but without you, but a reason. Do you, think, but it's, do you think morale is good right now? I don't. I don't. I think morale now. No, is, I think it's, exactly. I think it's bad now. I, I think that okay. when you get to a point where other players around the league are looking like, "Wow, that's what y'all did. That's what that's what <laughs> that's what y'all doing out here. That's what y'all doing up north." Like when you get to a point where other players around the league are saying that. There is absolutely no way that the morale in the in the front office and in the um locker room are all on the same page and it's good morale. It's just not. Especially when point. DeMar DeRozan is going around probably telling his teammates that he's not going to be traded. And then he turns around and gets traded and it's very clear that he was lied to. So if you're going to if the, the idea of losing DeMar, you believe is going to hurt the morale, then you might as well just be honest and upfront. But when you add a but, lie but, on top Okay, of that, so keep this, take tough. this. Let's do this then, Lo. That's tough. Are you going to tell everybody? Because I assume in that yes, call... Yes, I'm telling... Norman Powell, I'm telling everybody. I'm telling everybody, like, yo, look. I it, it might even get to a point where I might even hold a meeting. I'm like, look, bro, we, we done did this three years. If someone comes up with a trade that's good enough, bro, we pulling the trigger. Like that should just be a conversation. That's that's easy to say to you, my no, guy. No, I'm telling ta- if, if you if you get to a point where you you got your chest so doggone pumped up that you gonna go after the game and go yell at Dwayne Casey and then fire him, your chest need to be pumped up when you talking to everybody and tell them what it is. That's how I feel about so, it. So you you brought up a good point. You did this Twitter video or you're roasting this one Instagram account who was like I don't know if they even had a brain to be honest. They were spewing. Nothing but just useless rhetoric. And uh, at, at one point during that, you were talking about how, and I actually forgot this, so I'm happy you brought it back up, in the playoffs when DeRozan was benched. I thought with the second he was benched in the closing seconds, it was over. It was over for DeRozan. You don't do that to a franchise player. Facts. And so I guess you're right. In terms of morale, when you do something like that to DeRozan, I mean, if he wasn't already feeling some type of way and all in his head when it came to closing games, he definitely would after that. But as as it goes with like just his his uh, relationship with Lowry, the same reporter Josh put out this tweet. He said, uh, "For Lowry, seeing his longtime teammate and good friend will go, seeing his longtime teammate and good friend will be hard. But remember, before he and DeRozan even became close Raptors." The Raptors traded Rudy Gay, his best friend and the godfather of his son. He got over it more than anything else. Lowry's about winning. And interestingly enough, as inconsistent as Lowry can be sometimes, I don't think the responsibility is on Lowry to carry the team, to be the leader of the team. I think that's DeRozan's responsibility. And a lot of people were saying that the Raptors betrayed him. And they did. He proved that he was loyal to the organization, and we just saw Dirk get re-signed for a year. A guy who's been loyal to the organization, the organization repaid him plentiful. I mean, I know he's taking massive pay cuts, though, but let's let's be honest. In the DL, he's getting 1% of the Mavs after he retires. That's a, okay? that's, that's a fact. That's a fact. So, I get that the Raptors betrayed DeRozan, and iPod King Carter was, uh, tweeted this at me as well. And I replied to him, but he let down the organization, too. How many years 
Are we going to have to deal with the same recurring problems before something is done? Exactly. We've been on this podcast time and time again, and we said the problem is I don't I don't I didn't think it was Dwayne Casey. I'm going to be honest, although at times Dwayne Casey he made a couple of decisions that drove me crazy. I think at the core of everything, because I think there was more than one problem, was DeRozan, and as fantastic as he plays in the regular season low we're not just talking about the Cavaliers series right now we're talking about the fact that he dropped two games to the Wizards this year and in those two games he wasn't the Raptors barely made it out of a couple of them so I know it was four and two and the Raptors one and six and everything but it, like do you remember it two years ago low when DeRozan and Lowry Almost choked a twenty-point lead in one quarter against the Pacers in Game Seven. I, I don't know if you remember. I'm, that. I'm happy you bringing this up, and I'll let you keep going. But to to add on to what you're saying, a I know a lot of people are just going to look at the fact that oh well, look at what you know, look at what they're doing. Um, and look at his stat line against the Wizards, the Wizards this year, and look at what he was doing against the Wizards in the first round. If you, the only reason why his stat line looks that great. Is because he had a phenomenal game two. Like a game two, I think he shot like over 60% from the field and like 50% from behind the arc and scored like 30 plus points. But if you remove that one game, the rest of the series, he's shooting a very familiar 40% from the field. And going back to what you were saying leading up to this as well, is as much as people like to make the meme of, Oh, well, LeBron is out of the East now, so they, they have a good chance of winning. It wasn't just against the Cavs and, and LeBron. DeMar, Not even remotely. DeMar DeRozan, over the last three years, if you exclude the Cavaliers series, so the conference finals in 2016 and the two second round exits, which were sweeps in 2017 and 18, if you, even if you exclude those three series in the last three years, DeMar DeRozan's 23 points, three assists, four and a half rebounds, two and a half turnovers, while shooting 41% from the field and 28% from behind the arc. DeMar DeRozan still is not living up to the expectations regardless of the teams that they're facing. It just so happens that over the last three years, and I'm not, I don't want to make it seem like he was just, he's been trash. Every single series, especially this year against the Wizards, he did have he did have moments. Like I just said, in game two, he was amazing. And I think in game four, he was amazing as well. But they're beating teams that are not even the real contenders in the East. It would have been one thing if you were beating like the Celtics or the Sixers, which now are the favorites outside of the Raptors, I guess you can say, in the Eastern Conference. But when you're beating or and even barely beating teams like the Pacers, and this is back when they had Paul George on it, but like teams with the Pacers, the Miami Heat, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Washington Wizards. When you're barely beating those teams, and those are the names on your mantle, and but you're still not able to beat, or you're not even matching up with any of the other better teams in the East. Again, it's it's not just a, Le- a LeBron and Cavaliers thing. DeMar DeRozan just doesn't show up in the postseason, and, and that is a problem. That is a massive problem. So that's that's the thing that interested me, Lo, because a lot of the guys that immediately got to criticizing the Raptors about choking the second they lost a game or they had a lead and they should have been able to close out, those are the same guys right now celebrating this trade, saying that it was a fail for the Raptors and a win for the Spurs. DeRozan's such a great player, they barely got anything back. And say it with me, Lo, they traded DeMar DeRozan, their franchise player, for a fucking one-year rental. Those are the same guys I which hear is, making those is, comments. Which is the craziest thing, because if the Raptors 
went back into the postseason with the same lineup, those same people would have been like, they ain't do nothing different. They got the same team. They're going to lose. Any- it's, it would have been the same thing. But, I, I mean, I understand. I'll, I'll say this, and I'll let you keep going. I understand the frustration and the risk that is that it, that they're taking, especially when you're building a team. And this is something that multiple players, ex-players and current players have said over the last three to five days. When you have a player like DeMar DeRozan, who is a franchise player, and like you said before, who, who's taken the time out to really show interest in the franchise that has never really had any free agents come to their organization. When you make that decision to move him and you and you move in a different direction without him and you and you do it yourself, it's not like he leaves. You're the one who takes the time out to do it. It is extremely risky. And it's a situation that multiple organizations find themselves in throughout the NBA, especially when you don't have that clout, when you don't have that aura, when you don't have that history behind the name. This is the same reason why the Memphis Grizzlies overpaid for Mike Conley. I love Mike Conley, but he should not be getting paid that much money, but they really don't have a choice. And so I understand the the situation that the organization is in. But at the end of the day, you cannot do the same thing. You just can't. And I understand that people are upset at what the organization did. But if DeMar DeRozan is heading into every single postseason underperforming in the last three years when the opportunity for them to achieve whatever they needed to achieve when the window was wide open, what what are we doing? What are we doing? So can we talk about that wide open window? Not only has Popovich made it clear that he would prefer to trade with the East, there was a superstar that was unhappy with his current situation that is a fucking top five, and that's maybe being generous to some people considering the injury. We can say top 10 player in the NBA. They don't grow on trees. They don't go to, they're not pulling up to Portland, low. When was the last time Charlotte snagged a big time free agent? It's, it doesn't happen so, for a lot of these cities. It's so crazy you're saying these cities' names because, I mean, we, we may be spending way too much time with one another because you're basically saying the same shit I'm saying. It's crazy. And it's, so if you look at the trade in a vacuum, I'll say it again. It looks like the, the, the Raptors got desperate and they took a swing and it was reckless and they shouldn't have done it. But when you keep everything in context, is what else could they have done, Low? Because that's, and it's not a rhetorical question. What else could they have done? Could they have kept the same team? No. They had a window to get a superstar. And even though he made it clear he wants to play for another team, do you remember a couple podcasts ago I said, I, if I was Masai Jury, I wouldn't pull the trigger on Kawhi because he has his heart somewhere else? Yeah, yeah. In this specific situation, it's probably going to end in a failure. Lo, the Blue Jays were a, a, they were a team that had a really good shot at winning the World Series. And I don't even know much about baseball, but I knew this. They made a trade. They gave away some pretty important assets for a pitcher. I believe his name was Mark Price. Dude left. I believe he went to the Red Sox. He was on an expiring contract. The Blue Jays took a risk. They're a team. Keep, like, in, in baseball, the same thing is happening. It happens in all the sports where the same fucking teams get all the best players. The Red Sox, the Yankees, the Dodgers. You don't even need me to keep going. And so the Blue Jays had an opportunity where they just did a fantastic job drafting and developing players. And here they were. They had a shot and they went for the fences and they failed. Low. Chances are 
the Raptors are about to do the same thing this year. But I think what, this is what people are forgetting. In, in basketball and in life, the worst risks are the ones you don't take. What's a bigger risk, Lo? And, and this is not rhetorical. I want you to answer. What's a bigger risk for the Raptors? They trade away DeRozan, try something different with Kawhi, and it fails. Or they stick with DeRozan, waste another two to three years doing what I hate the most, running on the spot. Because we know these roster changes where you add a piece here, develop a piece here, is not working. Because the rest of the team is not the problem, it's the fucking middle. It's everything, the foundation that the team is built upon, and that name is DeRozan. So, Lo, which one is worse? Losing Kawhi or waiting two to three years and then having to rebuild without not having even taken a shot? They didn't even go for a home run, Lo. They didn't even bat. They didn't even want to go for the swing, Lo. And I think, I think, I think, the that's, s- the, I think that's the point that many people are failing to recognize is that a rebuild is inevitable anyway. Because after, if you kept DeMar after this upcoming season, Kyle Lowry is, I believe, like 32, looking at 33, one year left on his contract. And if he leaves, or, and which wouldn't, wouldn't be that crazy if he does leave, to be honest, which I mean, he, he's an older player. He probably would like to be on a team that has a really good chance of making the finals. Because again, if you keep DeMar, that's more than likely not going to happen. But even if he stays, I mean, you're just staying with a team that's that's not really doing anything. And I, I get it because I do believe there is some value in building a franchise through just character and history, even if that means that it, it doesn't really amount to any type of massive success. However, that, that I don't understand that. I don't get that. However, that that value isn't. It's not, it's not enough to make any irrational decisions such as us just paying these players knowing that we're not really moving in any direction. And again, it's not like DeMar DeRozan. Cause I had somebody tell me on Twitter is like, well, if that was the case, why didn't the Mavericks get rid of Dirk when over? He said something along the lines of why didn't the Mavericks get rid of Dirk? Like, cause Dirk was on the Mavs for an extremely long period of time until they won the championship in 2011. Did this, did I know what you answered. Could I answer? I know what you answered, Lo. Go. This I, this had to have been part of your answer. Dirk Nowitzki's not getting paid like thirty million dollars a year, man. <laughs> How much is he making? How much? Oh did no, he no, just no, 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 no. He's, he's talking about during Dirk's prime. Why is it that they just kept playing? Kept they just kept Dirk over the? I year? mean, he took pay cuts his whole career, so it doesn't even matter which part of his career you're talking but, about. He was always sacrificing for the team. But on top of that, he was he was never the core of the problems. But what, what was your answer? But my, my problem was, was A, he wasn't the core of the problems. And B, Dirk, during his prom, was a top 10 player. Like, it's it's not like we can go trade Dirk and have an opportunity to get someone even greater than top Dirk. Top five, top five, top five, top five. But you know what I'm saying? Like, he was he was one of the better players in the NBA during his prime. DeMar DeRozan just isn't that. And furthermore, like you said... Dirk wasn't the massive problem. It was other pieces, and they they moved pieces around, and they eventually even got to the finals in 06. So, I mean, I I, I get it, and I understand, and I understand why people are frustrated. And I understand as a Toronto Raptor fans why you would be upset because I understand that you've built a relationship with a player that doesn't come around. I mean, there's just not going to be that many people that are willing. To play for the Toronto Raptors, and that's just and that's the sad truth, and and it's unfortunate. And you you got one of those players, and I I I hope 
one day that they really and truly show the respect that is that is deserved to DeMar DeRozan. I don't know if it means... I feel like he's definitely going to get his jersey retired, but I, I just I hope that it's understood what he brought to that team, but unfortunately, it just wasn't enough. And I, I know that's being think, brutally honest, but it's, it's the truth. Yeah. I And this is a weird thought, Lo, but I think the Raptors' best chance to take a step forward was when Durant was a free agent. And, and it was a long shot, but the Raptors were his favorite team growing up because of Vince Carter. And so there was one superstar athlete who was publicly talking about the fact that he actually admired Toronto as a city for basketball. And they just didn't land him. I don't even think they got a meeting from him, if I'm not mistaken. And so they whiffed every opportunity to get a big-time free agent. Every single time it was a free agent, they couldn't land him. Because as good as their pitch might have been, trust me, living in L.A., playing with the Lakers and winning championships is always better. So that being said, uh, I, I hope that, like, I think it's like a 20% chance this pans out for the Raptors. And and we're all forgetting like Danny Green is a good player, but is if Kawhi leaves, it's going to be an L regardless of whether Danny Green, however fantastic you might think he might play. But just speaking specifically for this season for a second, it is going to be really refreshing to get two 3 and D players that are really good, one superstar level, and also just to have a new coach. There's so much that's different I'm wondering how long it's going to take for Toronto to adjust. I don't think it'll take the Spurs much time at all because, I mean, coaching is the same and you just have to introduce DeRozan to the system and I don't think he'll have much trouble learning that system. I, I, I'm I, not sad. I'm not sad. People, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little... I'm a little I'm sad. I'm about to say, keep it a buck, agent. I'm, 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 you can no, be I was, sad. I was... I was watching these compilations, low of, of Lowry and DeRozan. And I don't know why you thought, did that like, to yourself. That's crazy. Nah. So, like, in that respect, I'm sad, right? I don't know but why I'm also you ex- did that to yourself. That is ridiculous, <laughs> yo. That's, that's crazy. I'm also excited for the future, man. Because whether this ends up being a fail, like what the Blue Jays experienced, and then now the Blue Jays are just struggling, or it ends up being the home run that we thought it might be, we just saw example of Paul George say he wanted to play for the Lakers, play play a year in OKC, and then decide for whatever reason, by the way, that he would rather prefer to stay in OKC and resign. So that was equally as unlikely, by the way, because Paul George is from LA, right? There was all these talks about how he was going to make that change, and he didn't. So while everybody might think it's a done deal, and I guess it's funny to make these rental jokes. Just don't why is everybody just don't analyze everything off face value. Alright? If you were the same guy criticizing criticizing DeRozan during the regular season and the postseason for his play, don't then turn around and protect then pretend like he's gonna be the answer to all the Raptors' problems and if only they kept him, they would have been a better organization. I think Masayu Jury's an incredibly smart guy. And I think he's been really conservative in his moves with the Raptors. And I I think he realized and he maybe even got some pressure from fans, from from other executives in the MLSE, that something has to be done. Hey, you remember that Einstein quote? If Masai is as good as he says he is, he will execute. And I think he pulled the trigger on the move he thought would be best for the organization. And I think it's funny, though, that people are all of a sudden like, oh, I don't know if Masai knows what he's doing. 
And I'm like, what? Do you want to just be a 55-win team forever, guys? And just lose miserably in the playoffs? Lo, do you know how, how fast my heart races when we're up 10 with five minutes left? And I know the lead isn't safe because DeRozan missed his last three shots. Or, or for whatever reason, he's benched. And then is Van Fleet playing? Why is Van Fleet playing? Is there other players that could play? Yo, why is Kyle Lowry all reserved? He's supposed to be this bulldog attacking the hoop. They just become a different team. I think the changes they made are for the better. Yeah. And and that's all I want to say. Actually, I do want to say two more things, Lo. We talked about uh, uh, player responses, reactions. I want to read out a couple reactions. Uh, one was from Charlie Villanueva, I believe. And I don't actually have this tweet up, but I, I you probably came across it, Lo. He said that Brian Colangelo, when he was the GM of the Raptors, went to him and said, don't worry, man, you're not going to be traded. And literally the next day, he was traded, I believe, to the Bucks, which I found hilarious. And that was that TJ Ford trade, which was fantastic, by the way. That combo of TJ Ford and Jose Calderon was A1. I really enjoyed those Raptors. Here's a, here's a, here's a uh, better story. Smitty, and for, for my younger viewers, our listeners out there, Smitty is uh, Steve Smith. You, you catch him on NBA TV sometime, and he used to play for the Hawks. Towards the end of his career, though, he's playing with the uh, Portland Trailblazers. And the owner of the Portland Trailblazers, if I'm not mistaken, he lived in Seattle. And it was getting closer to the trading deadline. And the team, it seemed like they were starting to move in a different direction because they weren't able to make, you know, the jump that they needed to make. So Smitty, um, he draw, he takes his time out. And this is back when people aren't making that much money and there isn't like really cell phones or whatever. No, it was cell phones, but he wanted to make a, like a lasting impression and he wanted to make sure everything was clear. Smitty takes a time out of his day to drive from Portland to Seattle. Gets to Seattle, sits down with the owners, owner. I think it was just one owner. Oh, it might have been two, but he sits, he sits down with the owner and they're having a conversation and he's like, yo, man, just, let me know, man. Are you going to trade me? The owner says, no, I'm not. Smitty gets back in the car, drives from Seattle back to Portland. By the time he gets to Portland the next morning, he's traded. <laughs> so yeah, he's getting a savage. So then he, he trades them to um, San Antonio. So he's playing under pop. And he ended up winning a championship, actually. So shout out to Smitty. He's playing under Pop, and now they're playing the Portland Trailblazers. And he's going off on on Portland, like he's dropping them off, especially for the, at the age he was at, because it's towards the end of his career. Popovich does a Popovich thing and pulls him out of the game before he gets too many points. And so Smitty's just like all upset about it that he can't, you know, keep dropping them off. Then they go. Um, back in, uh, they, they're walking in the back and whatever, they, they get done with the game. And he just so happens to walk, like, he can already see that the owner of the Portland Trailblazers is walking down the same, like, um, I guess corridor out in a hallway or whatever. And the man doesn't even make eye contact with them. Like, it's just like, Jesus Christ, like, yeah, like, are you that much of a snake? Like, you gonna tell the man you're not gonna trade him, then you trade him. You see him and you don't say nothing like, golly, like they just, they know they be doing wrong and it, they just don't, they just get away with it, which is something that I, I honestly believe should be a new 
thing in the NBA. And I've I've been very vocal about this as well. NBA fans, you need to know who your owners are and your general managers. Because when when things go left and y'all and you just sit here stagnant for the next three, four, five, seven years in a row and nothing happens, those are the people you need to be looking at. Blaming players all the time is just ridiculous. I mean, at some point, players are just not as good as you may believe they are or that their, their, their expectations and their responsibility may just be way too much. Or you got players on a roster who are really great. However, they're never put in a situation to succeed. This is a whole bunch of other stuff that players may not even have in their control. And they're just put behind these trash ass rosters and this trash ass coach. And you blaming the player for trying to carry the entire franchise when the reality is, is it's the owners and the GMs. Oh, and I think, and shout out to Dan Gilbert because I believe due to his, due to his ridiculous letter that he put out to LeBron, I think that's when the, the tide started to turn in a different direction and people start looking at owners and GMs way more. But I, I vividly remember before then, people used to be killing Iverson for shit that he can't even control. Like, Iverson is on a trash team, and I vividly remember people trashing <laughs> Iverson. I'm like, bro, what is he supposed Dude, to do? He was chilling with fucking Dallenberry for like his second player. That's what I'm player. saying. Like, it got to the point, like, once they got rid of um Matumbo, they had like Dallenberry on the team. I'm like, what is, what do you want him to do? Like, Jesus, what do you want him to do? But they were killing Iverson. I was like, bro, he can't do nothing about his team being trash. I agree. Uh, Terrence Ross put out a tweet. He said, Dear fans of Toronto, it's time you guys build a statue of DeMar. Regardless of what happens, he deserves it. If you remember uh, the Raptors, I believe they traded him to Orlando. What did they get in return? I forgot. That was, that was, that was a surge. Serge Ibaka? Yeah, okay. Serge Ibaka trade. Damari Carroll also put out a tweet. By the way, Damari Carroll is the same player who, when he left the Raptors for, I believe, the Nets, he just slandered the Raptors. And made all these accusations about how they weren't really all that. You ain't shit. And and Demari, this is the same guy who was underperforming. This guy being paid fifteen million a year for three and D can't do none of three nor D. Literally the the most. And I'm gonna read out his tweet. But the biggest, the most liked reply to his tweet was, "Isn't there?" A, actually, you know what? I'll read out the tweet first. It'll make more sense. He put out a tweet saying, no matter what, when I think of Toronto Raptors basketball, I think of DeMar DeRozan. He deserves a statue. Shrug emoji, shrug emoji, 100 emoji, 100 emoji, 100 emoji. And somebody replied with a tweet. He said, isn't there a Damari Carroll statue already? Never mind. That's just you playing defense. And he did the little, like, blushing face. S-O-D. That's so unnecessary at this time. He had to do all that. It's tough. Yeah, the reply to that was the audacity because it's Twitter and people love memes. But yeah, so Dame got in on the action. I know he was like, this is how y'all just going to treat your, your loyalist. I think Dame is feeling so. Look, we got to talk about Dame for a second. And I know it's a little off point, but Dame has been reacting to everything happening. Which right? is very interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah, what, you, what do you think happens to Dame, bro? He's he looking like he might just want to get off Portland. Cause see, here's here's oh, the point, no. and I, you know, loyalty is a great quality, but just not in business. It's just not. And I don't. When I hear like, well, I know we talking about Dame, but when I hear like Kimba say like, "Man, I'm a, I'm a lifer," it's like, no, you don't need to be though. <laughs> like, like let's let's cut it out. You you don't need to be a lifer. Like the reality is that 
that that team is not really doing nothing. They're not really doing much for you, man. Like you need to be put in a situation to succeed. And I think it'll help everyone out. And the same thing goes for um, Dame. Like I, he's had these conflicting and and random comments about a little bit of everything. And I don't necessarily know where he stands, but I think he does look across the board in the NBA. And he's like, well, all these teams are making these moves and, and we're where we are right now. But I, th- I think the only reason why I kind of hold off on Dame is because very similar to DeMar, like, bro, you can't be, you can't say too much because, you know, we just saw you perform in the postseason. So you may need to chill out for a second. <laughs> you, you, you can't be the man in no trades and you the reason why we didn't win. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's the big reason why I kind of, I, I don't necessarily know what exactly he means. It'd be one thing if he was carrying the franchise legit and he just wasn't, you know, he wasn't cutting it. But like, you know, it, it is, it's, but it is interesting just to see how they do comment on the stuff that's been going on because I, I believe they have some very valid arguments. And I believe that it is something that many basketball players, they have a, a, a gripe with it and they are upset with it. And they're upset that, you know, when it comes to, Wins and losses, they're the ones who are quick to be blamed, even though the team and the franchise is bad for multiple years, even after they leave. Like, I like I I, I love I think Demar. I mean, not Demar, but Demarcus Cousins had something to do with how bad the Kings were. But like, the, the Kings are still trash. So you, we clearly can tell it had very little to do with Demarcus Cousins, but a way more to do with the Kings, and they're still making questionable decisions as we speak. So didn't they like re-sign Mecklemore or something? Man, like that they just signed. They just lot? they just signed. Um, I can't. I can't. I don't know how to pronounce his name. The guy that played for the. Um, oh yeah, 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 I saw it. I was uh this morning, like literally a few hours ago, right? I can't pronounce his name either. Yeah, but I think it's Beliska or something like that. And if when someone says it, I know who they're talking about. I just don't. I don't know how to pronounce it. But like they they just signed him to like. Some re- three years, yeah, like a twenty three million. Year, twenty million. I'm like, why y'all paying him that much money? What what's going on? But I mean, like, see, see, stuff like that is just like, like we we clearly can see like they don't know what they're doing. But for whatever reason, people like they they there's, there's people to this day who still slander um who still slander Demarcus Cousins for what happened in Sacramento. And also, I remember when um Chris Paul he left the Clippers to go to Houston. Some idiot on on ESPN like had this rant about like, oh my god, they were going to build a statue for him and they were going to put him in a driver's seat and it was going to be his team and they were going to get rid of they were going to get rid of Blake Griffin for him and it was just going to be all Chris Paul and he he just he's a gutless. I'm like, bro, if he don't cut the hell, he don't cut that shit. Like the Clippers had that man for the best five to six years of his career and they didn't do nothing. Ain't got nothing to do with him, bro. Like, that's that's the Clippers' fault. They had their opportunity, and they blew it. So he's supposed to sit there and just pray and hope that they're going to make the decisions that is right for him? No. He need to go get whatever he needs to get. So for people out there who think that I'm, like, I'm against players leaving, I'm absolutely not, especially when the organization don't do players right. I'm just I'm upset when people be going on teams like the Golden State Warriors. That shit, that's just ridiculous. But like, if you on a team for an extended period of time and they don't do you right, 
bro. You need to leave, bro. Like that's that's it's that's like any job, by the way. That's a fact. Right? That's a fact. It's any job. A lot of people acting like like if it's, it goes both ways. If you're not performing, they can fire you, and then you're not working with them no more. And that's what happened with DeRozan, I believe. But the other way around. If they're not treating you right, you can leave. And if you're a good player and there's demand, another team will pick you up. Like, uh, who was it? Yogi Ferrell just signed with the Kings. And I believe it was like a two-year six million. I feel like that guy needs a little bit more, man. I know they got a whole lot of point guards now with the Mavericks and shit, so they didn't want to keep him. But he's one of those feel-good stories of the offseason no one's really talking about. But see, well, why, are the, why are the Kings signing more guards? I know I, I know this know is not, not really do what we're talking about right now, but like, like what are the Kings doing? <laughs> like we, you know, we need to. Somebody needs to just always keep an eye on the Kings. They're about to overpay for Zach Levine. I don't know if they did that as a chess move, but they're about to overpay for Zach Levine. That didn't go through. Now they they went after Yogi Ferrell, even though they have Darren Fox, Buddy Hield. Like what? Are, like like what is the purpose of having him on the on the roster? Like I don't I don't get that. That's if someone's a restricted free agent, though. Let's say the uh, so the Kings put out a bid four year eighty million for Zach Levine. Let's say the Bulls match it. Do the Bulls automatically sign him, or can the Kings like counter offer? No, they, if you just match whatever offer was out there, so they can't just keep countering the offer. Oh, you just got to. That'd have been. No, you just got to. You got to figure out. That's why you have to have a, this magic number, and and whatever that magic number is, if they're willing to match it, then they'll match it. But if not, then it's dead. I don't know what their plan is, to be honest, the Kings. But anyway, Lo, I want to ask you, uh, maybe the last thing we haven't talked about with this Kawhi thing is whether he wants to play in Toronto. Uh, there's rumors. There was a rumor I heard that he had zero interest in playing for the Raptors. And then I heard uh, maybe like the next day or was it like half a day later that he was warming up to the idea of playing in Toronto. So uh, I don't, I don't, don't know. I don't trust any of those things. I just think that they're, they're releasing those things just so Kawhi can look good in the media, in media's eyes. I think that's what it is. I think, I think. Ka- Which one? You talking about the warming up? Yeah, the one? warming up one. I, I don't. I think that at best, I think Kawhi is just open to the idea of him being the best player on a team that isn't featuring Popovich, and that not, that doesn't mean that I believe that Popovich is holding him back. But like, even I still hear people right now saying that Kawhi Leonard was just a system player, and the only reason why he looked that good is because he was under Popovich. So now if he goes to a team that is in a situation to contend, he can prove that he's just as good as anybody else in the top five, top seven, top ten, wherever you put him, conversation. And he can lead a team to the conference finals and potentially to the NBA finals. I think that idea of what this one year could potentially could be, that idea is... I think he's looking forward to that. And I, I think he would be ridiculous not to be looking forward to that because it would help him out immensely on whatever he wants to get. I don't know if it's him trying to get money for a shoe deal or him getting to L.A. I don't know what he's trying to do because I've heard a whole bunch of things as well. But whatever he's trying to do this season will help him out greatly in whatever department he needs helping out in. But him staying so- there, I, I don't I don't see that happening. So you brought up the brand deals, low. I hate that people act like Toronto isn't like the... After New York and L.A., Toronto was the next biggest city in North America. 
You know that low? And then in Chicago. I saw your tweet, Agent. I saw it. So, I mean, if, if we're talking about big markets, Kawhi, you got to have a lot of money opportunities in Toronto. You will. You're the face of, like, man, the amount of ads I've seen from, like, Ford or Google that DeRozan and Lowry been doing, man, they just spam that shit anytime the Raptors are playing. Um, there's that. I, why don't Lowe talk to me? Because you're American, right? What is this perception that everybody who, before they come to Toronto, they just assume that it's going to be this cold and miserable place with really nice people, fantastic poutine, and very high taxes. I don't, I don't get that. I don't get why they don't understand. I, they come here. They play games here. You don't think they go to the clubs here? They don't just sit in their hotel all day. Well, they experience well, well, the city. Ka- Kawhi doesn't come across as that type of a player, but you're, you're right in the sense of every single time players or even just individual people, every time people go to Toronto, they're like, oh, wow, this is way better than what I originally expected. Like immediately. Like I don't, I've never heard anybody outside of the cold weather when it is in the winter. I don't really hear anybody come across as having negative vibes with the with Toronto or anything like that. But I do feel like many people kind of again, I think it's just I think it's really just the organization. I think that it's just the the Raptors not I don't think it has anything thing anything to do with Toronto. I think or well, outside of the taxes. But I don't I don't think it has anything to do with Toronto. I think a lot of it just has to do with Toronto's Toronto, and people don't want to go to Toronto. Like people don't want to play for that organization. Oh, also customs. I forgot to bring that up, but that shit sucks, low. Going to customs every time. Trust me, it is garbage. But see, it is an extra thirty minutes of your life you don't want. But to see, I'll, I'll be saying the same thing about Atlanta. I'm like, why? Why doesn't? I don't know why. I just feel like there's just certain places that people want to live. But to me, Atlanta is it's extremely cheap to live in. Everything is close by, but yet you can have different vibes. If you go up north, it's more of a city vibe. If you go down south, it's more a, of a country. They have country. a lot of sexually transmitted wow. diseases. If you go, if you uh-huh. go down south, it's, it's way more country vibe. You can go in the city and up north, and there's a lot of clubs, or you can be exclusive to yourself. Like There's a lot of things to do in Atlanta, and for 10 straight years, Atlanta was always in the playoffs. And if Atlanta added any player that was considered a top 10 talent, they would have been able to make the finals, in my honest opinion. I feel like that's how deep that team was, and that's how great they were, especially during that stretch where LeBron in, in Miami, that last year in Miami and the first year in it, in um him back in Cleveland when Kevin Love went down and Kyrie wasn't 100%. Like I feel like if you added any other top 10 player, they easily could have competed against LeBron. But because no one doesn't go to Atlanta, that I mean that's what ends up happening. You can build a team as great as great as that team was. You can build a team that great, but if you don't have one of the top ten players in the NBA because they're not going to come to Atlanta, I think top five. But all right, even, but I mean Atlanta, you may have a top ten player. So because you didn't have any of those players on your roster, you were you're, you're just never in a situation to win. And the same thing goes to Memphis. I'm not saying that Kevin Durant had to go to Memphis, but if KD went to Memphis with Mike Conley and Mark Gasol, I believe that they would have immediately been the best team in the West. Immediately. Immediately the best team in the West. But it doesn't matter how good of a team you're able to build. Some some places are just not... They're not good enough, man. And, that, and that's an... And I don't know what it is, but it's extremely unfortunate. 
It's a way like that in every sports. Whether you look at European football, it's the same like fucking eight franchises in the Premier League that are relevant. You know, every once in a while, there's like a Cinderella team that comes out of nowhere before they get shot right back down to oblivion. That's the reality, I guess, Lo. Uh, I was was watching this video. Uh, Do you know who Scump is? Optic Scump? Scumpy? Scump-a-doodle-doo? He's he's one of the best Call of Duty players of all time. He plays for Optic Gaming. And he was talking about, like, player loyalty. And I don't know if this was after the DeRozan trade or whatever, but this is when I seen it. And he was basically saying, and he was talking specific to esports, but you can apply what he was saying in the contents to any sport. Um, You always have to do what's best for you. And he talked about in his career, even though he played for good organizations, he, he... and he had brothers, people who he would ride and die with that he loved on those teams. He had fantastic connections and chemistry. If a better team was willing to offer him a position, he took it. And he did that a few times until he landed at Optic. You could think of Optic like the Golden State of Call of Duty because they have the most D's team. But unlike, I guess, the NBA, Optic sometimes, like, they choke and they lose. Like, and I was watching the game the other day, low. They lost to some Australian team. I was like, man, what the fuck? I haven't even heard of this team before. How'd they lose? Besides the point. And I think a lot of players, and you brought up the Dan Gilbert thing, and I haven't even thought about that, to be honest, but that probably was the turning point. And each time we see a player that was loyal to his organization get betrayed, we can use the word, then I think a lot of players are beginning to realize that it's not worth being loyal. And that they grew up with the dream of playing basketball in the NBA and winning championships and making a lot of money and then making their family proud, you know, buying a house for their mom, all that good stuff. And at no part of that dream did they want to basically you're bending a knee to an organization that the second it doesn't make sense for them is willing to cut you. And that's the reality. And it's, it's like that in every business, in YouTube, right? I was invited to an event to uh, kick it and play 2K19 early, and I missed the event, whatever. But I was invited to that event because I was a relevant person in that community. If, if I was like a guy with 10,000 subscribers, I could have the most fantastic ideas. They don't care. It's a business at the end of the day. And it's about time that I think athletes treat it more like a business. And I think they should be allowed to have the freedom to choose where they deserve to go. And I hate the fact that they all decide to do it on the same team. I wish that all these people, the DeMarcus Cousins and the Kevin Durant's, have both complained in the past about the, there being no competition in the NBA. Oh, look at all these players going to the same teams. They complain about the exact thing that they're now contributing to. They're now a product of it. And there was this one quote from a J. Cole song that went, you got to play the game to break the game. You got to play the game to break. You are you so, gotta you are play so the game. It makes no sense, bro. I'm just telling you guys get what I'm trying to say. You have to. And I think I think it's about time a lot of these players do, man. And, and, and it's one thing. I'm not saying leave your organization. But I am saying if your name is Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and they've failed you for this long, what are you waiting for? Until you're 32? I, here's what I am saying, Lo. If if you're Russell Westbrook, and you guys had a chance to make this Hall of Fame greatest of all time team, and your organization has failed you, I mean, I guess you know they're slowly getting wins back with Paul George, whatever. 
But at a certain point, you got to call it and be like, listen, man, my name is Devin Booker. You got to let me know right now if you're serious around building. Because if you're going to continue to make the wrong decisions, let me know now. I have places I need to be. I have things I want to accomplish. And it's not here with this team. That's a fact. That's, I mean, a, that's, that's a fact. That, that, that is a fact. And I, I think if, if more players are open to that type of mentality, I think that it would it would I think it would actually help the NBA because I think it would put way more pressure on owners besides them just sitting back and not really doing much. Because again, I don't really know what they're doing with Kimball Walker. And I don't know what they were doing with um Really, it's a lot. It's a lot. I don't know what the what the magic we're doing with Tobias Harris and Victor Oladipo. I don't know what these teams are, are doing with these great players on their rosters, and it just it comes across like they're just wasting talent. And again, to an extent, players do have to play better. I don't ever want to make it seem like I'm we're just you know exempting certain players from performing to their their caliber or their expectations that we have upon them. But man, a lot of it is just organizations consistently make the same wrong decisions and they end up, it ends up putting those players in situations where they, they don't achieve what they want to achieve. And so when they decide to leave, they end up looking like the bad guy when the reality is that no, like I, I didn't, I didn't gave this organization nine years, nine years. And not only that, if you, if you are a, a player like an Anthony Davis, and now, um, uh, uh, a Devin Booker eventually, um, Carl Anthony Town when he signs his contract as well, you have to give them seven years, the first three years of your rookie deal, and then that four year extension. So you you have to give them uh, somewhere around seven years to start off your career anyway. Isn't that crazy? By and the they, way, and they Jeez, and that's... they give them you. So the organizations have seven years. You got seven years to get this together. And there's so many organizations who still can't do it. That's crazy. That's crazy. I guess that's just the nature of sports. <laughs> Not everybody's going to win. There's going to be half the guys that lose. And there's going to be half the guys that win. And sometimes, as smart as you might think you are, man, to be a general manager is hard, man. you got to know a ton of people and be an incredibly smart person with a resume and a portfolio a portfolio that would astound to anybody, right? That's the pinnacle of all jobs in sports management is to manage a billion-dollar sports organization. Or in, I guess, many instances, worth hundreds of millions of dollars. So it's, it's amazing to me that you can go into an interview, win that position, your name is Brian Colangelo, and then shit the bed time and time again. And for whatever reason, teams just keep hiring you. <laughs> I don't know why, but they do. And they just keep doing it. And then you get more and more chances to prove why you don't deserve the position and you keep doing it. I, I would love to like see some of these interviews where they just like interview the GM or the coach, ask them what their vision is, why they'd be good for the job. I would die to see what, what it looks like inside those interviews. Because sometimes you see a guy get a position and you're like, how did he get that position? Like, when David Black got his position as a coach, I was like, man, I don't know about that. He doesn't have a lot of experience. He doesn't have any experience in the NBA. That's a stretch right there. That's LeBron. You got to take that team seriously. You got to put a guy in there that knows what he's doing that LeBron can take seriously. Anyway, man, 
Well, there's, there's a lot more that happened outside of, like, I know we just focused on the Kawhi thing, but there was a lot of smaller moves being made. Oh, before, before, we still have before, no before, update. Before we, before we move on, any anything else, man? How, how let me let me ask you this: How long did you cry? How long what? did you cry? I Come on, cry, cut man. it out! Stop! 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 I... Come on, be honest. Come on, agent. Why do you think I cried? That's your man. guy. That's that's your that's your cry. guy. I mean, come on, agent. You know how what? how long did you cry? Because I low, I ain't gonna lie. Even I was like going on the timeline. And I was like, "Fuck, man, I'm not gonna see no more." I mean, Kyle Lowry and Demar. Like, I'm not going to see that. That's, yeah. That was by... They took the cutest couple award from Blake and DJ. They took that shit. And they were running with it for a good second, bro. That's tough, man. It was a sad... It was a sad, but maybe, like... It ha- we knew it was going to happen I one shut day. It, it I didn't think, bro. I, I was lying to myself. I was like, bro, that, that's going to be... That's life right there. That's... That's... Kyle Lowry was borderline day one with Demar. Like when day when Demar started to blow up a little bit, and then they stood together with each other, and, and then this man Demar <laughs> taking pay cuts. Man, I was like, bro, that's that's day one right there. You know, there ain't too many of them out there. So I low key, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna flex you. I low key after I kind of got you know all the things I wanted to say out. I low key shedded a tear. I was like, man, that's tough right there. So I thought you were balling. I I knew for you you was balling, agent. Dude, I didn't hear about it till like six hours after because I was. Asleep, and you was balling man. when you woke so, up. You were like, Shh. <laughs> I I started. I I didn't think it was real for the first little while because you know how sometimes just fake reports. Then you go on Twitter and everybody's talking about it. And then of course you you hear those oh one year rental ha 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 l l l. L, I'm a bronze sexual. You got well, you, you got um, you, you you started to wear your your Demar Derozan jersey around the house. What makes you think I got a Demar? Derozan you got a Demar Derozan jersey? Cut it out. I ain't got. I got an Agent Zero jersey. I wear around the house, bro. Man. Cut it out. You have a Demar Derozan jersey, bro. Come on, cut it out. I don't have. I don't have one. Low. I'm being honest. Yes, you man. do. I wish I did, man. If you hey. don't, if you don't, I'll buy you a custom Demar Derozan. You don't have DeMar, to, my DeMar, guy. It's on sale DeMar right DeRozan, now. Wait, Demar Derozan on one end, on one on like the front, like Demar Derozan number on the front and on the back, Kyle Lowry. <laughs> like it's gonna be a custom one because Kyle Lowry always gonna have your back, right? So it's gonna be Kyle Lowry on the back. Oh my god! All right, he just called and me. And then and then Demar Derozan number on the front, bro. And that shit on the top, we're gonna say Toronto for life. <laughs> uh, you're corny uh, Masai This is his quote He said When you have a chance To get a top five player Which doesn't come very often I think you have to Jump on it And I agree with him So we'll see He jumped on it um, And and it's like uh, It's like riding a bull low We'll see where it takes us We have no idea It will be a very interesting Next year man Just thinking about all the moves Who would have thought LeBron was going to go to L.A. I did, I did, I did, I did, I did. You didn't think shit. I did. I, I, in my George video months ago, I had LeBron going to LA. Sure, man. Just like half of the Lakers had, half like, every Laker fan has all the top free agents always going. I, to LA, I've so never, I guess, yeah, I've never made a, right. a video about any other free agent going to LA outside of LeBron. When did you make that? Look me that video. I didn't watch that video. Give me a second. Give me a second. 
I feel like you're lying to me. Are you lying to me? I'll link you the video. Um, what what else? I feel like that's 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 all I really want to talk to you. I want to come in and just pick your brain a little bit, see see how you feeling, you know. Yo, how you feel about Michael Beasley on the Lakers? Yo, LeBron got to cut it out. <laughs> Yo, Le- you don't think so? I feel like it's a Yo, bargain, LeBron, LeBron got to cut it out, bro. I know he got all his his guys. Dude, he played well last year. Cut it out, bro. Cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out. I don't know if you're being serious, bro. Nah, bro. Nah. I mean, I know they're one year deals, so it's not that it's not really that big of a deal. But I just I, I just don't know like what exactly. You know, what exactly is that going to do? You know what I'm saying? Uh, it was only a 3.5. See, this is what I'm talking about, bro. Anywhere LeBron goes, like, literally all the top veterans that are in the free agents just go with him. They're like, oh, what? A free ring? Hey, sign me up, man. I'm just going to eat hot Cheetos and kick it in the jacuzzi because they know they're barely going to get any minutes anyway. Now, Beasley might get some legit minutes at the 4 or 5. Cause he, he like you 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 Actually, are because Randall's not there. Yeah, yeah he, he right. played he played fine. It's not like he, it's not like he was just trash. It's just that. But he's just yeah he's deep. In it's just another it's a, it's another forward. It's another player at that same that roughly that same height. And I just that means that there's potentially going to be less minutes for like Brandon Ingram or Kyle Kuzma, or they're just going to put them in situations where they not they may not be able to succeed because the one thing I've definitely enjoyed seeing with Brandon Ingram over the last two years is his ability to handle the ball and, and orchestrate the offense. And I'm not saying that he's great at it just yet, but he definitely has improved. And so when you add in like all these players that kind of do similar things or they're at the same position as other players on the team, that's when like the growth and the development starts to become a little bit stagnant, and I don't, I just, I don't know. But I mean, it could, it could just be a uh, Michael Beasley trying to get a check because nobody else is really giving him any money type of a move. And on top of that, not only does he get to play with LeBron, he gets to live in L.A. So, you know, that I mean, that could be a thing as well. And he, he's getting paid more money. Is you know what's crazy about Michael Beasley and how much money the NBA is seeing right now? Well, Michael Beasley signed his rookie deal and how much money he was getting paid as a rookie. Mind you, Beasley was like, uh, I think he was like the second or third pick in, in the draft. He was getting paid roughly around four to five million dollars, right? Fast forward now where he's just signing, you know, mid-level exceptions and veteran minimums. He's getting paid like 3.5 million. Like he, he's getting paid roughly the same. That's how much money, that's ridiculous. How much money has been put in the NBA right now to where even if you're signing veterans minimums and, and mid-level exceptions that you're getting paid borderline the same amount of money that you were going to get paid anyway 10 years ago. If you just signed as a rookie deal, which is pretty crazy. So I guess to, to Michael yeah. Beasley, it's not. It's not a it's not a bad move to end up getting paid roughly the same amount of money that you were getting paid early in your career when you expected to be a franchise player and now you're a player coming off the bench. But I mean he he, he played solid so, though in, in New York. It might have just been because it was New York and then Porzingis got hurt and so he got more minutes and that kind of aided his numbers to be inflated. And I mean they obviously weren't translating into wins, so I don't necessarily know how important he is to a team that's trying to win games. So we'll, we'll figure out, though. 
I don't. I don't think the Lakers are as secure as they think. I know. I don't think they are either. People, there's a lot of people sitting here talking about like how the Lakers gonna be like a top three seed in the West, and I don't know why people saying that because that that definitely cannot that that definitely might not happen. Matter of fact, we might not even make the playoffs. Like I, I need people to be very clear and understanding what's going to happen. Oh no, no, I don't, whoa. <laughs> no, geez, I'm, I'm being dead serious. <laughs> I honestly, I honestly believe if the Lakers finish the series the season with like 47 wins or 48. That may not be enough to make the playoffs. You're right, actually, because the, the the Nuggets were snubbed, and they're gonna go hard for it next and, year. And Paul, Utah, and Paul Millsap man, missed borderline the entire season, and they won 46 games. Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't necessarily talking about this year. I was talking about next year. The whole reason they they stopped going for Kawhi was because they felt confident they can get him next year. They just wanted to clear enough cap so that they can give him max next year. But if things go horribly with the Lakers, because I was just thinking to myself, the only way the Raptors would have a chance at keeping Kawhi is not if the Raptors play well and make it to the finals, but is if the Lakers are so horrible that he's if his heart is there and he sees that team's looking miserable and they can't win, and I know that's not likely considering LeBron is there and LeBron just finds a way to make wins, and even if there's a rough patch in February, he's finding ways to iron it out. So he can make it as far as he can go. And we'll see what the difference is between him performing in the East and the West. But I just, the Raptors' best hope is if the Lakers play horrible next season, Law. I just thought about that. Yeah, so we might be moral enemies, my guy. Because that's the only way Kawhi would stick around. Because if you guys play well, even if we make it to the finals, he's leaving. True. That's just being honest. True. I don't, I'm just, I'm, I'm being just, I know some people ask me this on Twitter. I'm just being completely honest with you all. I could easily see the Lakers missing the playoffs. I mean, I'm hoping that we make it, and there's a good chance that we will. But I honestly believe very similar to this year. And if every if more players were healthy, this easily could have been a year in the West, another year in the West where 50 wins was a requirement to make the playoffs. Easily could have been. So if you guys land like, let's say, the sixth seed, for example, if your name is Kawhi, how confident are you that you going there would make the Lakers a championship contender? Mm, assuming that the difference between the sixth and the third seed won't be that significant when it comes to record-wise, I would still I would still feel really confident if I'm going to the Lakers because at I think at best you could easily compete with the Warriors, and I think at worst Kawhi and LeBron would be a third seed that would still compete with the Warriors because like I don't I don't see how I just don't see how any other team is is going to be close enough to compete with Kawhi and LeBron especially because Houston it definitely feels like they've they've taken a step back and we don't know what they're going to do with Capella and Chris Paul is only going to get older and financially they don't really have any wiggle room to add anybody else significance to make them better and so if they are on the decline within the next year or two and then Portland is going to be stagnant. Utah could definitely improve. I think New Orleans is going to eventually get to the point where they're going to force to be trading. Um, they're going to be forced to trade Anthony Davis, so then they're going to be relevant. Minnesota, I think they're going to lose Jimmy Butler, and I don't think they'll be as good as they were. San Antonio, I've already said how I feel about them. And then Denver, they, even though they're on the up and up, they're just not good enough. So in the, in the next, after this season, in the next season after that, it could just be, Houston, Golden State, Utah, and the Lakers. And if that's the case, especially with the um 
the Rockets getting worse as time progressed because of Chris Paul declining as an individual. Yeah, if I'm Kawhi going to the West and playing for the Lakers, that seems like a really good move. Um, but even with all that being said, though, if he's just trying to if he's trying to maximize his opportunity to win, and it doesn't matter where it's at, Philly might honestly be the best. I think still Philly is the, the best place to go. Yeah, people are overlooking Philly, man. Uh, young, put a, they just need one more young guy, bro. And in, in like four years, they would be so over the luxury tax because of the bird rights. But they will have such a fantastic. But see, I don't, team. I don't know if I'm Philly. I would, I'll be, I would have been willing to move Markel Fultz to get Kawhi. To be honest, I would. I don't. But what is like? Because what is Markel Fultz really doing for you on that team? Because if Ben Simmons is going, to... we don't know. That's but, the but thing. If ben Sim- you but if Ben out. Simmons is the point, and I and I'm not saying that Markel Fultz can't turn into anything. But what are the odds that Markel Fultz is going to turn into something that's good enough to make you regret keeping Kawhi Leonard? It's not that. It's just like let him play, develop, and then gauge his value. And no team is going to bite on him just based off potential. It's San, San, off San Antonio was about to. I mean, I, I I would put him on a don't trade list until we get they have like half a season with him. I don't even know if they would make. I, I would never make a deal for him, at least not this year. I don't know. Uh, I just I don't feel Fultz. like you're really going to figure out how good of a player Markel Fultz may actually be because Ben Simmons is going to be their legit point guard. Yeah, I, I just don't. I don't yeah. see how that's going to happen. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if if he just wants to maximize his potential, Philly is is a really good place for him to be. But if he wants to be, well, I'll say this. If he wants to be the best player on a team that has a really good chance of making the finals, and and let's just say somewhere down the road, if things kind of work out, especially if they make the right trades, potentially even compete with the Warriors, Toronto is is not a bad place to be at. To be honest with you, if they keep if he stays in Toronto, OG Ananobi becomes a player that everyone is kind of expecting him to become. They have a, a rotation of guards between Norman Powell, Fred Van Vliet, and DeLon Wright. All they would have to do is just add into their front court, which, to be honest, that's not really that important in today's league. And so if they just add some versatile front court players, I don't I don't think Toronto's really that far from where they need to be, to be honest with you. I mean, if, if that's where he wants to stay. But if he wants to go in L.A., if he wants to legitimately just play in L.A. because that's where he's from, or at least just he's from South Cali. But if he just wants to play in L.A. just to say he plays in L.A., then the Lakers are, I think that's a, that's a really good spot for him to be. Okay. Before we get to our highlight player of the podcast, well, I want to issue you a warning, my guy. About two weeks into the regular season, you're going to find a lot of these bronze sexuals attacking some of your favorite Lakers. Because there's bound to be bumps in the road. There always is with a LeBron team. They eventually adjust and win games, but that's the East. The West is a different beast, slow. You can expect to see, and, and I know it wasn't a big deal when people were pointing at J.R. Smith and uh, Rodney Hood and Jordan Clarkson, but they're going to be pointing at Kuzma and Lonzo Ball and a heart, and they're going to say, yo, these guys is ass. Get us some better players on the team. Where's Kawhi? On top of the fact that I honestly feel like Magic wasted a year of LeBron's career. If I was LeBron and I know Kawhi wasn't going to be there, I would have just spent a year on another team. 
You know, I'd have been like, maybe spend a year with OKC. See how shit goes. Stop. Just try it stop, out. Stop. Before going to the Lakers. That's what I, I mean, what you going to do with the Lakers without Kawhi or Paul George? You're not winning a championship for sure. I don't mean, unless you make a trade at the deadline. So it's, it's kind of just a wasted year. And we don't know how much years LeBron has left where he could keep playing at a 98 overall level. That's insane. So anyway, uh, Lo, my highlight player of the pod is Bradley Beal. I was just thinking about him the other night. That dude is a top five shooter in the NBA. I might even say top three. I think he's one of the most underrated players. And I'm mad that the Wizards aren't doing anything to build a good team around him and John Wall. Here's a question to to the people out there who are listening to the podcast. Is DeMar DeRozan a top five shooting guard in the NBA? Of course. Is it of course? Is is it of course? Okay. I know, I know, Um, I know, I know you're trying to wrap up the pod, but just food for thought. I don't know if it's of course. I don't, I don't think it's of course. I do. Because if if we're talking about James Harden, if we're talking about Oladipo, if we're talking about Klay Thompson, who I think is better, if we're talking about Jimmy Butler, who I think is better, that's four names right there. God forbid this man Donovan Mitchell has a breakout season, which wouldn't be that crazy. <laughs> if Donovan Mitchell, especially since they're both going to be in a Western Conference... If Donovan Mitchell comes out and he's a 23-point scorer and he has better shooting splits while playing better defense, it's not going to be that crazy for me to sit here and to say that he is better than DeMar DeRozan. So that's just that's just food for thought. But my um my player of the pod um I'm I guess I'm I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler. Not just because of what, what I just said, but because there have been some rumors about him not staying on a team because apparently, you know, him and the, uh, I guess the relationship between him and some of the younger players, they're not up and up. And I kind of feel it's like vibes coming from the Minnesota Timberwolves that for whatever reason, Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, they're not taking this serious at all because especially Wiggins, I'm not seeing like no, no growth from him whatsoever. <laughs> And I and like we said earlier in this podcast, I just like it when players are vocal about you know their disdain for the organization, especially when the organization isn't doing right by them. And so, you know, Jimmy Butler was traded to that situation. It's not like he signed there; he was forced to that organization. It seemed like on paper that everything was going to work out, but if if those two players, if Wiggins and Towns are not holding up the end of the bargain. Then I'm I'm happy that Jimmy Butler is being vocal about it because it definitely comes across that they are not taking it serious, and it is it would be a shame if that much talent is just wasted because those two players are not taking it serious. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, before we end though, there was a poll on Will Jam, and they asked what team has the best chance to make the finals in the East. The Celtics had 51 percent of the vote. The Raptors had 41 percent of the vote. And the 76ers had 6.5% of the vote. Uh, so apparently the Celtics are still the favorite. Are we sleeping on the Celtics? The I mean, I'm not so the, the Sixers. I feel like it's like, thir- I feel I, like I it's s- like evenly breakdown between all three of them. Yeah, I thought it'd be a lot closer too. I didn't realize that. That's crazy. thought the Sixers. That's, that, don't, that don't make no sense. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, uh, on that note, thank you guys for listening to the pod. Wow, I, I feel like I this is like yeah, therapy, I was just about man. to say the same. This is therapeutic, right? Yeah, it was, man. I feel fantastic after this. This was 2 a.m., man. I'm about to go to Subway or something, man. Celebrate by getting in the street race outside or something like that, you know? You know what I'm yeah, talking I, about, I know, I know what you're talking about. But, yo, okay, I'll say right. this, too, before we go, man. I, I hope everything works out with the Raptors, man. Because I I, 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 done, I done bought in on the Raptors last year, and, and they failed me. But I, I, <laughs> I honestly and truly believe this year... I know we said it. I know we said it before, people. But I, <laughs> I, yeah, I know, out, I know out, we said out, it before. But this might be the year. <laughs> Yo, next podcast we're gonna have to talk about your Hawks, my guy. They've been wild. They, they this been, might uh, be the. Year. Oh, we didn't even talk about Carmelo just getting bought out not to play basketball. Yeah, we did. We'll, we'll talk <laughs> That's about him crazy. Next podcast, I, I, I assume. Somebody will pick him up. That's by the next crazy. <laughs> Carmelo getting bought out not to play basketball. That's that's crazy. That's wild. Imagine, imagine you don't want a guy so bad you're willing to pay him twenty eight million and just get out. That's wild. Imagine that. Yeah. Anyway, podcast people, if you haven't already, man, drop a five star or I don't know what platform you're on. Hey, tweet me what platform you guys listen to this shit on, man. We're now on Spotify. If you didn't know already and you prefer to listen to the podcast on there. The podcast is growing low. I was looking at the numbers, my guy. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, We're going to keep the Raptors propaganda to a minimum. At least I will over the course of this season. We'll catch you on the next podcast, man. Peace. I gave you a lob for that one, bro. I let you have it. Face.